as our mighty Father in heaven, we sing of your amazing grace because that is what saves us. It is all because of what you've done. And God, we give you the glory. We're just here to worship you, adore you, and lift you up. Be with Brother Nathan as he brings your word. Help us to learn from your word, to grow in your word, and to conform to you through your word. Be through him to us. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Amen. If you have your Bibles or your devices, you can open those up to Genesis chapter 22. That's the passage we're going to be looking at today, Genesis 22, as we continue our series. We've been working through the major theological themes of the Bible last week and this week, talking specifically about Abraham and the, uh, the covenant uh, that God made with Abraham. Today, in the second part, we're going to look at the testing of Abraham's faith. Very familiar story. So much imagery in this story that parallels Christ. And we're going to talk about Jesus a lot today because why not, right? I mean, that's where we're at. It's all about him, and that's Amen. who we're going to honor. So Abraham, uh, as we as we pick up in the story, let's let's kind of back up to last week just a little bit so that we make sure that we're all on the same page on where we are. So last week we looked at Abraham. Uh, he was this man who was in the lineage of uh, of, um, of 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 Noah. Uh, he was a descendant of Noah. He he grew up in a place called Ur. And then from there he left and he went to Haran. And then God came to him and said, hey, I'm going to send you uh, to this, this special place, this place I have set aside for you. And God gave him this promise. And not only did he give him this promise, he told him that he was going to make him into a great nation and that through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed and that those that blessed him and his nation would be blessed, those that cursed him and his nation would be cursed. And God gave Abraham this promise, and then he comes to Abraham again, and he reminds him of that promise, and then God makes a covenant with Abraham, which is uh, this, this, this he, he seals this promise with a sacrifice, and, um, and he makes this special covenant promise with Abraham. Now, after that, after we leave off where we were last week, a lot of things happen, because Abraham gets so excited about God's promise that he decides that he's going to take things into his own hands, right? We do that a lot of times in our lives. We, we, we have promises from God or, or things that we get excited about, and we don't really want to wait on God's time, and we kind of want to help God out as if God needs help. And, uh, and we try to take things into our own hands, and that's what, that's what Abraham did. And so instead of waiting on God's plan, Abraham goes out and he fathers a child with one of his young servant girls, and he has a young man named Ishmael. And uh, Ishmael is not the son of the promise. It is not God's plan and God's intention for Abraham. And uh, as you can imagine, um, it caused some, some problems in the family dynamic when Abraham decided to father a child with one of his servants and not with his wife. And then eventually this problem would, uh, would lead to Ishmael's uh, and Hagar, his mom's, um, they're, they're being cast out or banished from uh, the tribe of Abraham, and uh, and then many other things happened. God came to Abraham and told him, if you're going to continue the covenant, I have did my part, and I need you to do your part, so you and everybody in your household needs to be circumcised. And then he comes and he says, oh, by the way, I'm still going to make you a great nation. I'm only going to do it through your wife Sarah, who's in her 90s, and Sarah laughs. Right? That's what her, main, her, her name really means. She laughs uh, when she hears this news. And then there's this whole section about Sodom and Gomorrah and Sodom being destroyed. And, uh, and then we come to Isaac. 
Isaac's born. This is the actual promised son. God brings youth and vitality and restores the womb of Sarah and gives her a son fathered by Abraham. And this is the son of the promise. This is the one God spoke about. Abraham names him Isaac. This is Abraham's son. This is not just Abraham's uh, uh, only son with Sarah, but it's his it's 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 the son of the promise. It's it's the one that God had told him about. It's this child that God brings to Abraham and Sarah in a miraculous way, late in life. And here is Isaac. And when we uh, pick up in the story today, that's where we are. And we're going to read here in just a little bit in Genesis chapter 22. But as we read through this today, we're going to talk a lot about obedience. Obedience. How many of you love being obedient? love it. It's my favorite thing. So I say, what's your favorite thing in the whole world? Being obedient, right? Obedience is, is, is okay until we get to a point where obedience takes sacrifice. And so we're, we're obedient until obedience becomes tough, right? Look, I'll stop at stop signs until I'm in a hurry. And I think it's a stop sign in a place that it really doesn't need to be one. And I tend to kind of roll through those things sometimes, right? We've got a couple of fine badge-wearing gentlemen in our congregation today that are <laughs> smiling at me right now. We like to be obedient to a point, but there's something within our nature that rejects obedience, especially when obedience becomes hard, especially when obedience takes sacrifice, especially when the obedience is difficult. We all have our point of disobedience, right? And we try to justify it. We we think we know, you know, where that line is. And, and we just say, hey, there's some things that I'm just not willing to do. You know, they, I'll go here, but I'm not going there. We heard a story in Sunday school this morning about somebody who told their bo- boss, they said, uh, you don't pay me enough to do that, <laughs> right? And the boss said, your, your pay doesn't determine what you do. What you do determines how you're going to get paid, right? And, and so that's how we are. We tend to be these people that... That, that we are, we understand the value of obedience until obedience becomes difficult, until we hit that point where obedience becomes a sacrifice. When we look at Abraham's story, this idea of obedience really jumps off the page. And as we begin reading in Genesis 22, we see this incredible story start coming to life. And so let's just, let's look at this story. We're going to look at verse 1 through 18. And let's just walk through this narrative together, because it's really an amazing story. It says in verse 1, sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Now let's go back to last week. Abraham was a man who was found faithful. The Bible says that God counted Abraham's faith, he counted it unto him as righteousness, right? Because of Abraham's faith, because he believed God, God looked at Abraham and he... he, um, he, he, he placed, or he, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the word. He, 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 um, he pushed down, he pressed down, he gave from heaven. He, he saw Abraham as righteous. It's not that Abraham was some righteous man, but because he believed, God counted it unto him as righteousness. And now sometime later, God's going to test that faith. He says, Abraham, Abraham said, yes, Lord. He replied, here I am, verse 2. He says, take your son, your only son, which is 
back up a second. Well, what about Ishmael? Now you understand why Ishmael and the descendants of Ishmael have so many problems <laughs> with those connected to Abraham and his son Isaac. Because even in this place, God says, you're only son. But I thought Abraham another son named Ishmael. Well, that wasn't the son of the promise. That wasn't the son of the clan. That's the one that had been banished or cast out from the family. He says, take your son, uh, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Now, just so that we understand, the land of Moriah is the land, the hilly land that surrounds what is present day Jerusalem. He says, go to the land of Moriah, go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. He says, I want you to go to the mountains of Moriah. I want you to take that one son. Remember, I told you I was going to make you a great nation. I told you I was going to bless you. You've been given one son. I want you to take that son, that son of the promise, the son who you love so much, the son who you prayed for, and I gave to you in a miraculous way in your old age, and I want you to take him to this mountain I'm going to show you, and I want you to kill him. I want you to sacrifice him. I want you to put him to death as a human sacrifice to me. Verse 3. It says, The next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey. He took two of his servants with him along with his son Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place God had told him about. I'm not going to lie. Had I been in Abraham's position, this might have been where I started studying world religion. And said, well, what other options are out there for me? You want me to sacrifice my son? Wait, wait a minute. We're going to have to back up here because this is a point of sacrifice where obedience is going to get really difficult. And understand the weight of this. Look what he tells him. Verse 4. But, but yet Abraham does it. He gets up early in the morning. He prepares everything he needs for the journey. He prepares everything he needs for the sacrifice. And he, in verse 4, says that on the third day of their journey, Abraham looks up and he saw the place in the distance. Now, this is something that's amazing to me. He, he tells a servant, he says, stay here with the donkey. As they ride into Moriah, they stay with the donkey. Now, don't miss the picture that's taking place here. When Jesus became the sacrifice for our sins, when he rode into Moriah, Jerusalem, the last time, what did he ride in on? He rode in on a donkey. But did he take that donkey all the way to the cross? No, he stopped just short of it. And notice what happens with Isaac in verse 5. It says, stay here with the donkey, Abraham tells the servants. And he says, the boy and I will travel a little further. Understand that when Jesus left Jerusalem and he climbed to Golgotha, it was just him and the Father. It was just him and the Father. He says, and we will go and we will worship there. And you want to talk about faith. Abraham says, and then we, we're going to be right back. That's a man of faith right there. He didn't have a sacrifice. God had told him to take his son and sacrifice his son on the mountain. But when he looks at his servants, he says, we're going to go up there. We're going to worship for a little bit. And then we, we be right back. Verse 6. So Abraham placed the wood for the burnt offering on Isaac's shoulders. He left the donkey, but he carried the wood that was necessary for the sacrifice up the hill. 
just like Jesus placed that wooden cross on his back and he carried it for us on our behalf up to the place of sacrifice for our sins. He places that wood on his boy's back and it says he himself carried the fire and the knife. You know, at the end of the day, it was God who put the son to death because he could have stopped it and so could have Jesus at any minute. And the two of them walked together. Now, we don't, we don't know how old Isaac was at this point. It doesn't really tell us. It just tells us he was a boy. It doesn't really tell us how old he is. But I want to get you an idea or a picture of how old he might have been in verse 6. I'm sorry, in verse 7. Look at this next verse. Isaac, he turns to Abraham and he says, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replies. He says, we have fire and we have wood. The boy said, but where's the sheep for the burnt offering? In other words, Isaac was old enough to know that something was amiss. He was old enough to know that we are walking up to that mountain. You got the fire. I got the wood. We're clearly going to make a sacrifice, but there is no lamb. There's no lamb. What are we going to sacrifice, Dad? What are we taking up the hill? And I love Abraham, still faithful. He goes on, he speaks. Verse 8. God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son. God will provide. And they both walked together. Verse 9 says, when they arrived at the place where God had told him to go, Abraham built an altar and he arranged the wood on it. Some say that maybe this place was Golgotha, that maybe the sacrifice took place at the very place where Jesus was crucified. Others say maybe this was Moriah because Solomon built the temple on Mount Moriah. He told Abraham to go to the land of Moriah and go to a mountain that I will show you. And some say maybe the sacrifice happened where the temple mount is today. Either way, it was in that region. Golgotha, Moriah, the temple mount, they're all right there. And so here they were, before this was called Jerusalem, before this was known as Israel, before it was this great holy place that people from three different world religions flocked to in hordes to celebrate the things of God that happened in this holy place. Before all that happened, it was just a wilderness and it was just a mountain and the first people that walked up on that hill were Abraham and Isaac. And it was a picture of the most significant thing that would ever happen on that piece of sacred ground. And so they arrived at the place where God had told them to go, and Abraham builds an altar, and he puts the wood on it, and then he ties up his son. Now, you remember what we read in verse 7? His son was old enough to know that they needed a sacrifice and there wasn't a lamb, and now his son is being bound and placed on the altar. I, I, I believe that Isaac knew at that point, who the sacrifice was. And then he tied his son Isaac and he laid him on top of the wood. You know, when you, you read on and you study the patriarchs, read about Isaac, read about his sons Jacob and Esau, read about all those promises. It's such a fascinating story. No wonder Isaac had such amazing faith. I have to believe that as Isaac matured, into this man that became the grandfather of Israel, right? 
or the tribes of Israel, the father of Israel, the father of Jacob, that his faith foundation was solidified on this day and on that altar. Verse 10. And Abraham picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. (laughs) Take your time. Verse 12. Abraham looked up and he saw a ram caught by its thorns in the thicket. Well, let's, let's back up. He says to Abraham, do not hurt him. Do not lay a hand on the boy. Don't hurt him in any way, for I know that you truly fear God. You've not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Mm. Well, for God to say that, the one who did not spare his only son. Verse 14. Abraham named the place Yahweh Yireh, or Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And to this day, people still use that name as a proverb. On the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. Verse 15, then the angel of the Lord called again to Abraham for heaven, and he says, this is what the Lord says, because you have obeyed me and have not withheld even your only son, I swear by my own name that I will certainly bless you. I will multiply your descendants beyond number like the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. You see, God doubles up on that promise. He says, your descendants will conquer the cities of their enemies, and through your descendants all the nations of the earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me, slash, insert the name Jesus. What an incredible story. A story of sacrifice, a story of God providing a story of incredible obedience in the face of sacrifice. Real obedience. Hard obedience. Here's our big idea today for you note takers. I know you see it there on your bulletin and you want to write it down. And it's simple. It's a simple principle. But it's so true and when we live according to this, it'll make our obedience come to life. Obedience isn't always easy, but God is always faithful. Let me say that again because I want to make sure y'all heard that. Obedience isn't always easy, but God is always faithful. Sometimes obedience is hard. Sometimes obedience does take sacrifice. And it's not always going to be easy, but it doesn't change the faithfulness of God. This was not easy obedience for Abraham. But God was faithful in that moment. There's other times in Scripture where this principle rings so true, where that obedience didn't end with as happy of an ending as Abraham's story. Yet God was faithful. God didn't send a lamb at Golgotha on the cross when Jesus was bleeding and suffocating and dying, but it didn't change the fact that God was faithful. Obedience isn't always easy, but God is always, always faithful.
So there it is. There's the picture. The very first time we see Moriah, we see Jerusalem, we see Golgotha, we see this sacred place mentioned in Scripture. We've got Abraham, the father of the nations, the one who all nations through him will be blessed, the one who Jesus came to us through his lineage. We see him on the mountaintop about to sacrifice his own son as a sacrifice, and God stops him. He is spared God spares Isaac and provides the sacrifice. But I want you to look with me. This is Romans 8, 31 and 32. And there is no way that we could preach this sermon and talk about this passage without also going and looking at 8, 31 and 32. Because when you read this verse in light of that verse, it makes so much sense. Paul wrote these words. Let's look at it together. He says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? By the way, he's talking about the gospel. If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he, talking about the Father God, since he did not spare. Remember when the story begins at Moriah with Isaac and and, and Abraham, God spares Abraham's son. That's how good God was to Abraham. He was trying to show him something. He was trying to teach him and all of his descendants and you and me a lesson. But when it came to his own son, Jesus, when Jesus was on the altar of sacrifice, when Jesus was going to become the human sacrifice for the sins of mankind, when he was going to become the lamb that was slain, and, and, and God raised his hand to, to slay his own son, there was no lamb provided. There was no happy ending. He did not spare even his own son. But he gave him up for us all. He gave him up for you and for me and for us all. He gave him up for all of us. Listen to me. Get this. If he gave us that, won't he give us everything else? And by everything else, we ain't talking about All the earthly things that we covet and desire. He's talking about the fullness of the riches of salvation. That through Jesus Christ, we can know God. We can have eternal life. That just like Abraham, we can be counted as, seen as righteous. So I'm going to ask our musicians to come. And as they do, I want to go back to that big idea one more time. Obedience isn't always easy, but God is always faithful. Did you know there's another passage, and I, I didn't put this up there, but it says that Christ was obedient unto God even unto death on a cross. His sacrifice wasn't easy. You know, Isaac lay there on that altar with that wood under him, with his dad holding that torch, about to put the knife in his son and then light the fire. But God provided. But with Jesus, he sat in the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, Lord, this isn't easy. God, if there's another way, let it be. But... 
if this is your will, God, let it be done. And Jesus willingly obeyed. It wasn't easy, but he laid down his life, and God was faithful. He was faithful to him because he rose him from the dead three days later, and he was faithful to you and me because the sacrifice was paid that we see all the way back to Genesis 22 with Abraham, the picture of it was paid through the blood of Jesus Christ. He was the lamb that was provided. And do you know who we are in the story of Abraham in 22? Do you know who we are? We're Isaac. We're Isaac. We are laid on the altar and we deserve death. The hand is raised. God's wrath is ready to come down on us and we are ready to be annihilated, but then God provides. You know who Jesus is? He's the ram that was caught in the bush. He's the lamb that was slain for the sins of the world. And look, if you're here today and you have never accepted that truth and put your faith in that gospel truth, you need to do it. You need to realize that Jesus Christ is the lamb that was slain for us on our behalf, that we are set free, that we are redeemed, that we are untied and let off the altar of death because Jesus is our substitute and our sacrifice. That's the gospel truth. You need to know that today. You need to own it. You need to accept it. You need to trust in it. You need to believe it. And if you haven't, today is your day to make that decision and to know the salvation of God. Turn to Him. Put your faith and your trust in Him and be saved. We're going to have an invitation of God speaking to your heart. This is your time. Whatever next step God is calling you to, during this time, you come. Let's stand together.